Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. It's a Brand's Rants edition with just one rant topic involving Colin Kaepernick. We'll get to that in a minute. Music, of course, underscores me from my son, Sam Brandt. Hope you enjoy it. And we're presented, as always, by betonline.ag, right? your online experts. They're the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. Use that promo code PODCAST1. Get the 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag. Rant of the week is all about Kaepernick. So, as we sit here on Saturday afternoon, November 16th, Colin Kaepernick will hold a workout for all NFL teams that choose to attend in Atlanta, and it will be his first showcase in almost three years. As he's been saying, he's ready, he's worked out hard, which I'm sure he has, and he's going to put on a show for the NFL teams that show up, whatever level of person shows up to see him. On Saturday in Atlanta, as we hit week whatever we're in, 11 of the NFL season, a day before game day. So much to unpack here. First of all, my initial reaction. couple things. One, the NFL is putting it on the teams. They're passing the buck to the teams that if Colin Kaepernick continues to make an issue of the fact he's not signed with an NFL team and all these lesser quarterbacks have been and their reasons beyond football and it's political, etc. else, the NFL can now say, hey, we scheduled a workout for you. So now... The NFL has put it back on the team. So I translated this on Twitter to say, hey, if you're not signed anymore, don't come to us. It's not about us. It's not about the league. It's not about Roger Goodell. It's not about the NFL. It's about the teams, about the teams, because we went out of our way to schedule a workout, and that was for you. Now, that is the part that really confounds me. The fact the NFL is scheduling a workout for a free agent player. I've been thinking about that and racking my brain. Certainly the 10 years that I was with the Packers never saw it happen. Never saw a situation where we get a note from the NFL, the league, the ivory tower in New York that doesn't deal with players. That's our province saying there's going to be a workout, whether on a Tuesday, on a Saturday, in the off season, never ever happen. I can't think of any time since where the NFL has acted as a pro day for someone like college dudes, like agents set up for players. The NFL is in many ways acting as Colin Kaepernick's agent with a twist that they allegedly or reportedly, excuse me, gave him a couple hours to agree to this, that they're calling NFL media saying, hey, you better be ready to report this. I don't know. And I don't understand. So before we get to the I don't understand part, we're at the policy part. And there's so much policy and precedent involving Colin Kaepernick to begin with. Because when he first, this story broke three years ago in August, when he sat or kneeled, it didn't become a story. And then it did. And then there was a firestorm. And then the NFL tweeted out its policy and its precedent. And that policy and precedent was simple as this. We encourage, but do not require players to stand for the anthem. And everything since, in terms of that, flowed from there. It wasn't about the flag. It wasn't about patriotism. It wasn't about military. It was about a policy that allowed for players to not stand for the anthem, unlike the NBA, which required them to stand for the anthem. And the anthem got conflated with a lot of other things, and the kneeling was taken as this or that, or 
not about racial inequality, which was Kaepernick's point. It was about all kinds of other things. All right, we've been there, done that. We get to the football part, and there was a collusion action against the NFL by Kaepernick and Eric Reed about not being signed, and collusion has a high legal standard, which is that two or more teams and or the league, in combination with one or more teams, has colluded, has decided, acted in concert to keep Kaepernick out of football. That case never went to conclusion. That case never went in front of an arbitrator to its full extent. We heard from Mark Garagos, the attorney representing Kaepernick, who's been known to be a bit hyperbolic, say he had smoking guns, which of course he didn't. If they did, we would have seen them or heard about them, and he wouldn't have settled. But there was a settlement. We don't know how much. Reported 20 million, reported no million, reported 1 million. I mean, we're never going to know that, the true amount of Kaepernick's settlement, but that's done. So the NFL had no compulsion to set up a workout. Why did they do it? One reason is what I suggested. Put the burden on the teams. Pass the buck. They set it up. They're being good to Kaepernick. All this stuff about him not getting signed, they'll put it on the teams now. But why now? What's going on? What's the backstory? Why is this happening? And what an awkward time. Tryouts are usually on Tuesdays. Tryouts are usually for this kind of player in the off-season. Best case scenario for Kaepernick, best case is someone signs him to ride the bench latter part of the season, probably a bad team, so he can learn the system next year, come back for off-season workouts in April, and be part of a full off-season learning the system, being part of a new team. That's best case scenario he signs now, Second best is he signs in January to one of these futures contracts, does everything I just talked about, without being on the team the latter part of 2019. But to suggest someone's going to sign him and even consider playing him, having learned zero, it's not a running back that just runs, or it's not a cornerback that just covers, it's not a DN that just rushes the passer, no. This is a quarterback. So to suggest there's, you know, he's got this workout where he can he can play? No, he's not going to play this year. That's just not going to happen. Could someone sign him? I guess. I doubt they will. I guess they'll all just feel like, okay, we got our look. Maybe someone signs him to a futures deal in January. But I listen, I've been on record on this podcast. I just don't think it happens. <sighs> And I, I feel bad saying it because for two years I did think it was going to happen. But now I don't. I just don't. I just think for a backup player, which everyone sees him as, they'd rather go with an anonymous guy who was, you know, before this season, anonymous guys like Kyle Allen, like Gardner Minshew, like Brandon Allen, like whoever, instead of Colin Kaepernick because as a backup player... You don't want to deal with all the stuff around him. I know that from teams. It's the Tebow effect in a much different way. If Tebow was a starter, of course they'd deal with the circus. If Kaepernick was a starter, yes. If it was someone like Cam Newton doing with Kaepernick, yeah, they'd put up with it at least before this year. Malcolm Jenkins, starter, good player. There's no issues there. You know, I mean, this is what happens where... Colin Kaepernick is seen as bringing baggage. Teams hate baggage for backup players. That's a problem. That's why I say this doesn't happen. 
doesn't happen now, whether it happens in January, then teams can say, yeah, we looked at it, we're going to go a different way. And it gives them cover, just like it's given the NFL cover right now, saying we pass the buck to the teams. We acted as Cap's agent, basically, and organized a workout at our behest. The problem with the team, the league acting as agent and setting up the workout is something I predicted the first thing I saw. So I had two reactions. Number one, okay, the NFL is passing the buck. It's not their fault if he doesn't sign. It's the team's fault. Number two, the policy and precedent of what they just did. Oh, my God. They set up a workout for a free agent player? That is going to be a problem because every out-of-work player and agent that feels like they got a raw deal, not because of politics, whatever, not because – whatever. They should set up a workout for them. Why is he so special? And that's a legitimate question to ask. I saw on Twitter today a player named Sean Weatherspoon. Same question. That's going to be asked a lot. Veteran players, players that played as much as Kaepernick, players that have been around longer, players that played more recently than Kaepernick, players that played less recently than Kaepernick. You know, what? what is the criteria for the NFL to set up a workout for a free agent player where they're don't do it for all other free agent players. Listen, Roger Goodell is not a lawyer, but Jeff Pash is. they got a lot of lawyers around there. The lawyers, everything is precedent. This is a bad precedent. I just don't get it. That's why I think there's much more to the story. We don't know. Will we find out? Maybe. But this just, it doesn't stink is the wrong word. It has an ulterior feel about it. I don't get it. I don't get why the NFL, forget about how you feel about Kaepernick, how you feel about politics, how you feel about him getting signed or not, how you feel about him as a player. Forget all that. Why is the NFL acting as the agent and setting up a workout and inviting all the teams? How is that happening? They've never done it. And I don't know if they're going to do it again. Now, if they start doing it, great. Kaepernick broke the mold on that. Every player they set up for now is going to owe to Kaepernick. Great. Awesome. But they're not going to do that. We know that. We're not going to have Saturday as tryout day by the NFL, whereas the teams have Tuesday as their tryout day. The league has Saturday in Atlanta in the afternoon as their tryout day. Well, maybe. God, that'd be great. But they're not going to do that. So I just don't get it. What is in it for the NFL to do this? Is it simply mollifying Kaepernick, even after settling the collusion suit? Is it simply checking the box for Kaepernick, not even realizing the ramifications of setting this precedent? If I'm a player that's been out of work for the NFL for whatever reason and put in a good resume, now again, for players that haven't had time in the NFL, I get it. You're never going to think about doing that. But why him? Really, why him? Because he's got more publicity than me? Because he plays quarterback and I play linebacker or whatever it is? Because my agent's not as good as his agent? I mean, what is going on here? That's a reaction that has not been, that I think the NFL owes an answer on. Now, again, they don't owe anything. But the problem for the NFL with Roger Goodell's discipline, these things has always been this. It's not too harsh. It's not too light. It's too arbitrary. 
It's too capricious. We don't have criteria. We feel like they're guessing. We feel like they're making up as they go along. Why don't we know why they're doing this? It feels arbitrary. It feels capricious. It feels made up as we go along. It feels like a, a nod to Kaepernick for what? To get him off their back? What? What? I don't get it. Okay, so listen. We'll see how it goes. You know, my prediction is he's not getting signed. It's just, you know, if it hasn't happened by now, seeing him throw and run and catch, and he's going to look good. Of course, he's been working out. He's in good shape. He's a great athlete. Yeah, he'll look good. So what? Why are teams going to sign him now when they have resisted for so long, saying they're happy with who they have? Is a team going to cut a backup quarterback? I mean, come on that they've invested time in because they go to work out in Atlanta on a Saturday afternoon and late in the season? Come on. It's just not going to happen. <sighs> what else can I say about Cap? Listen, you know you know my background with the Packers. He was a Packer kryptonite. That guy killed us. Uh, but for whatever reason, it hadn't been there in a while. And at the time, he stopped playing. And then, of course, everything didn't happen for him and I just don't think it's going to happen now and I'm left scratching my head that a the NFL is passing the book to the teams if he's not signed don't blame them blame the teams and b what the heck is this precedent I totally get any player with any kind of resume asking the NFL to do it for them and maybe they'll find out the reason why they did it for Kaepernick because when the NFL says no we're not setting up a workout for you. We don't do that. We did it one time for Kaepernick because X, Y, Z. That's what we need to hear on this. That's my rant of the week. Hope you enjoyed it. I just, <laughs> I don't have answers. I got a lot of questions scratching my head over Cap. Now word from Bet Online. We're in it now. NFL, college football, NBA. It's all heating up with games you can follow this weekend. Follow it all the time on Bet Online. Their exclusive partner, Podcast One, Bet Online, take advantage of all the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. Make sure to use that promo code Podcast One for your 50% sign up bonus today. You can get in on that big game, Eagles against Patriots. That's the one I'm going to look for this weekend. Big time football game in the NFL. So bet online. Don't forget to use the promo code podcast one. Your fifty percent sign up bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. It's time to hear from you. If you've got a question for Andrew, leave him a voicemail at four eight four four one six five six five four. My question this week is from Lynn in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey Andrew, love 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 the podcast that you you do as well as Ross Tucker. Um, but here's my question. Willie Taggart, Chad Morris, get fired after less than two years on their job. And in two years, the kids that are on their team are from prior coaches that run different systems. Help me understand how financially it makes sense for them to be fired and bought out and having uh, the, the teams pay them 17 and $10 million, million to be bought out of their contract with given the fact that they only had less than two years on the job with kids that are not their kids. So I just I know this is college football and primarily do a lot with the pros, 
but your business understanding of all of it is probably really a lot more deep than I can ever imagine. So I just, I'm curious to see from your perspective, how does it make sense to do that? Thanks. Yeah, Lynn, that's a great question. And you know, listen, college sports is all the rage now with the NCA issues on name image likeness with the NCAA considering how to keep amateurism but also reward these players. We'll talk a lot about that. We already have. We had Val Ackerman who wrote the report to the NCAA. And you bring up an issue of college football, which is a whole different breed. And I'll say this. I just think Power 5 college football is semi-pro football, and it is the main main feeder for the NFL. I don't know what's going to happen with the NCAA governance of college athletics, but I do think it won't change that much for 97% of college athletics. But for Power 5 football, it almost has to change because of what you're just talking about. We're talking about Willie Taggart and Chad. I mean, these are situations that you brought up, $17 million and $10 million just in buyouts and, of course, the playing side, almost like in the NFL where you change coaching staffs. The new coaching staffs don't like the players from the old coaching staff. The schemes are different. You change out. In the NFL, you change out. It costs you a lot of money in cap room. In college, you change out. It just costs you relationships with kids because there is no money, which is a big problem in many people's minds. I guess I'll, I'll sort of come to this where I started. With big-time college football, it's just different. Uh, you know, we've crossed the Rubicon. The major TV contracts, the coaches' salaries, these buyouts, these ways of treating it completely like professional football. And I don't say this even about college basketball except for a couple programs. I just think it's different. you know. And certainly the other 20-something sports of student-athletes in college. But big-time college football is different. And, and the revenues are just – I mean, Villanova, I mean, we win a couple national championships in basketball – our revenue is like an average college football team in the Power Five. I mean, it's just it's it dwarfs college basketball revenue. So I don't know what can be done. I, I've said this before. What resonates in my mind is something an agent told me, and I'm kind of back in the agent business at some level. But what resonates to me is what an agent told me about recruiting a big time college football player from one of these schools. And he just said, but Andrew, by the time we get to them, they're set up. I said, what do you mean? Set up. You know, somebody's paying them. Somebody's taking care of the mother. Somebody's taking care of the girlfriend. Somebody's taking care of the rent. They're set up. And it's not an agent. And I'm like, well, who is it? (laughs) And they say, well, you know, you figure it out. In other words, some relationship with the university. So that's why I say it again. I mean, we've crossed the Rubicon. And I don't know. I I agree with the concept the NCAA has of amateurism. But I just don't know how to put the genie back in the bottle when you start talking about college football. I, you know, you see a lot of college sports and atmospheres that's still what I see as amateur. But I don't see that in big-time college football and the actions like the ones you talk about in this question from Lynn and Charlotte, absolutely pro. I don't know if that answered the question, but you accentuate the point that I think one day what we may be looking at is the NCA governing 
97% of college sports as we have it now. And then the Power Five college football conferences govern some other way. I just think that's where we're headed. And, and I'll even put basketball in the framework of everything else because it, it's dwarfed by football revenues at that level. So I think we're headed there. When we have buyouts of 17 and $10 million for coaches that have lasted two years, I mean, yeah, I think, I think we're headed there. College football, Power Five, will be a different breed of governance. NCAA will be the rest. That's my thought. That was fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Kaepernick rant and a question about NCA on this week's edition of the Business of Sports podcast. Interstitial music provided by my son, Sam Brandt. Production by producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. Appreciate all of you that leave comments, Apple Podcasts, rankings, comments. Always appreciate it. Appreciate you following me on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. And I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.